welcome in to, dare I say, a very, very special recording of the Sportball Podcast. I'm with my boys, Seth and Kyle. I'm not even going to ask them how they're doing. That's how important this podcast is. Because we... Straight to business, baby. We are previewing the NBA season. And I could not be more excited for the NBA to start, even though it really snuck up on me. It always does. I'm really upset that you skipped over the portion where we got to, you know, do a little back and forth. Only because I'd like our longtime listeners, mainly just Matt, to take the time and go back and tell me how many times you've started a podcast saying this is a very special pod. (laughs) And I know there's been at least one ho-hum podcast, but I'd like to know if there's been anything in between. Can Matt make a spreadsheet of all the times I said it's a special podcast? (laughs) <laughs> I honestly don't think he'd enjoy anything more in his life than doing that. <laughs> That's what uh, he's built for. <laughs> yeah, he's built different when it comes to podcasts. Um, also, to my friends who don't like sports, uh, David and Trevor requested I start with a fun fact. So sloths lose up to one-fifth of their body weight when they poop. Yeah, which is what, like what, once a week? Yeah, and that's... That's not really that fun. Also, the it. same body weight that Joel and B loses when he poops. So that's that's how I so I tied in the sports. Now that's Fake a fun punch. one. Fake punt just happened. Just also for Matt, his favorite play. Matt loves a fake punt. But you know what sport doesn't have a fake punt? Basketball. That's what we're not talking yet. about, baby. Not that we know of. <laughs> we can all dream, though. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go over all the playoff seeding, our predictions in each conference. And what's more, they're all going to be exactly right. One through ten, including the play-in, no flaws. Then we're going to go over all... They're all different. (laughs) Then we're going to go over all of the awards, of which there are six, five of which we enjoy, and one of them, which is a disgrace to the human race. (laughs) And then we're going to give our finals picks, and we'll we'll all try to guess what each other's finals picks are, and we'll get them right. As always, we already know. It's just you come here for it's comforting knowing what it this is. pod will be like. Right. It's like um, rewatching The Office over and over. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the East, which is a little easier, I think, than the West because the West, I don't even want to think what we're gonna get get to there. But also, before we even start, I, I should mention, I'm so excited for this podcast. I have five drinks in front of me. Wow, which That's is either a new record or just. Another Thursday, I can't tell. You would you like to guess what they are? It's easy. So water, coffee, beer, tea, Genki Zanki. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like and that's I, still a Thursday. Yeah, at this point, twenty percent of the Belgian population is gonna guess that. <laughs> All right. Um. So in the east, I had. Uh, by the way. Listeners of the pod will love this. I had the two of you send me your picks beforehand, so we can do that thing we do every pod where I ask you five times what your standings were because I can't remember. Um, Half the time. I'll put them together. Really. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to remember what I – I have it in front of me, and I'm still not going to remember what I sent you. <laughs> you can't imagine it. So how is he going to remember? Uh, <laughs> so all of us picked the Celtics and the Bucks as, as the one and two seed in some order. No surprise there. I think more so than the West, there's a clear – hierarchy with those two versus everyone else um you guys both had the bucks as the first seed and i had the celtics embarrassing for seth that he didn't pick his homegrown celtics as a one seed 
I just felt like he's being realistic about the the regular season injuries. I'm going to (laughs) assume. Right. Yeah, that's true. I just figured they have more depth, you know, besides their top two that I figured they maybe survive injuries more. That's kind of why I went with them. One seed, but I mean, certainly you can't argue with having Giannis and Dame as the one seed, right? Seth? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's at least on paper, they're top two in the East in whatever order. I don't feel strongly about it. I think most likely it will come down to injuries um, or it'll just be very close and just come down to kind of the last two games of the season. I mean, the last couple of years, really since we started the play in, in particular, you've seen those top teams kind of jockeying for who they're going to play in the playoffs. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being, you know, Celtics, Bucks, excuse me, kind of thinking through who do they want to play with the seven or eight seed. And then also balancing that out with home court advantage in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I really don't feel strongly about it. I think it was one of those uh, reverse psychiatry moments where I'm picking the bucks as a little bit of a hedge so that, you know, I'll be pleasantly surprised or just, I won't feel like I'm jinxing it by picking the Celtics first, you know? Reverse psychiatry. He says this time, not even psychology. He's getting medical with it. That's right. <laughs> so that's also Kyle, what he all... says. <laughs> Kyle, you also picked the, the bucks first. Do you kind of agree with Seth there? I did. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, um, I think just due to the nature of the players on the Celtics, yeah, we can probably argue that maybe they have more depth, um, but I'd rather my starters – well, I expect the Milwaukee starters to play more games probably collectively than the Boston starters plus Al Horford would. I'm lumping him as a starter because I'm not sure if he's actually going to start. Uh, I think he might be their sixth, one of the first men off the bench. At least that's what it's looked like in the preseason for quite a few games. Um, and we've we've seen Milwaukee just run through the regular season like nothing before, and now they have uh, what the one of the top five top two shooters in the league, top three shooters in the league alongside Giannis. So yeah, give me them. I mean, no problem with that. Then we have this, (laughs) then we have this morass below them of Cleveland, Miami, Knicks, Hawks, and Philly, who we should talk about because we had put them at various places. I had them at seven. Kyle had them. Who's them? uh, Philly. Yeah, Kyle, you had them at seven as well. Seth, you had them at five, despite being a Sixers hater. It sounds like you're a Sixers lover, if anything. I think Uh, he's the biggest Joel Embiid fan on this podcast. That's what I keep saying. Definitely not. No, we should, Kyle, Kyle, so we know that James Harden requested a trade. And just tell us what the the words on the street are. With You kind of always have your fingers on the pulse of, of the nation. Tell us what's going on with Harden and what might be going on with Embiid over in Philly. Um, in the wise words of the rapper, I can't remember uh, his name. He says, word on the street, I'm a suspect hanging with the killers in the projects. And that's what uh, James Harden is doing in Houston is so I've heard. Um, sources have seen him wandering the streets of Houston 
whilst his team should be playing or is playing preseason games. Um, elsewhere. Elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Not in Houston, uh, to be clear. <laughs> not in Houston. Uh, I texted you the other day, both of you guys, and I don't think there is anyone that loves Houston more than James Harden. I don't think he has a key to the city yet, and it's really unspeakable, or, or not unspeakable. It's uh, it's unfathomable. No one loves that city more. Um, he might, he might sign there on a vet min just so that he could live <laughs> in Houston. I'm not putting that, you know, I think that's on the table. I think it's still on the table. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen with him. The fall from grace. And I say that after he had a great regular season last year, a couple great games, like always in the playoffs. I don't know where his head or his heart really, well, we know where his heart is. I don't know where his head is. Or we know body. where his head is, too. They're all in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But I think it should be said, too. So, and I'm sure you were going to get to this, but I'm going to do it. Reports came out today that there's rumblings around the league that Joel Embiid may want to be a New York Knickerbocker. If we see Harden go, their asking price right now seems like they're really only dealing with the Clippers. And also, do we really know, is this a situation like the Miami and Dame situation where there was maybe some talks? Are they actively really talking, considering the Sixers are demanding two first-round picks? And Terrence Mann, who the Clippers absolutely refuse to give up on, he's he's like, what, 26, 27 years old somehow? How is Terrence Mann so old? He's been in the league for like two years, I feel like. Terrence Mann, he's not even that good. I mean. He's a, I don't think he's like a, a, a great starter. Like he can be good. Yeah, I think he'd be a good, I think he'd be like a, obviously a much better person from what we've heard than Kevin Porter. But I think he'd be like that as a starter as with full minutes, right? Sure. Which is good. I don't. I wouldn't say Kevin Porter was great. I'd rather just have Norm Powell on them, honestly. Yeah, honestly, just like when the Lakers refused to include THT in a Kyle Lowry trade, (laughs) it's like okay, you think? I feel like teams do this to make it seem like the asset is bigger than it really is by just saying, "Oh no, that person's untouchable," or "We we can't part with him." It's like. That player doesn't move the needle for anyone. It's just <laughs> an average player. Like, if you're going to get somebody who makes an impact on winning, you should be happy to let go of that player. But not that I'm necessarily saying Harden would make an impact on winning for them. But if they've made that decision and the sticking point is Terrence Mann, that's done. Well, it's like, According to the Raptors, such as standing in his boxers in front of the very Zoom link that I'm going to try to put on YouTube after this. I'm going to have the market not safe for work. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> he says, my bad, if he just flashed a nation. Two I'll nations. Black that out for the YouTube. Uh, well, according to the Raptors, OG Ananobi is the best player in the league. So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it at all. I don't fault them. He is, I mean, he is the best too. player in the league, but... We're going to talk about the fact that Seth just has a cat now? I, I was going to say, where the hell did this cat just come from? <laughs> well, my cat was trying to look out the window, so I had my to open cat. the shades. What do you have a cat? 
And Jasmine's really, like half living with him, and it, she has cats, so it's not really his yeah, cat, but he claims it's really it. Jasmine's cat. But we're beta testing living together. Anyway, so, so in case anyone in Belgium is wondering, <laughs> Kyle and I had affiliate seven, and with this news, we might have to drop them farther. It's just impossible to put them anywhere in here. Um, like I was saying before the pod, if they get. 40 games of and beat and they end up bleeding, they still might make the playoffs a lot of the, them that's last year. So Yeah, I mean the thing is too, right, is like if Embiid gets dealt, he obviously gets dealt for a haul, but is that haul all picks? You would imagine if they're demanding two first and Terrence Mann for James Harden, they're looking at at least getting what four first round picks, a couple second round picks, probably some swaps. And I would assume that they're also going to demand like Emmanuel quickly because he's the only player that I could see didn't. Well, I don't know. Only player I could see them wanting that the Knicks would. Yeah, but you, a young backcourt of those two could be interesting. I I I'm just saying for RJ. Mm, I could see it, I guess. I mean, I can't see it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I would, I would think they would ask for both. I mean, yeah, yeah, they might ask for both. But he's the MVP league in his prime, so. Right, it should be I mean, like. Honestly, I would trade him anywhere but the Knicks. I feel like the Knicks don't even have that much to give me. You know? I think it's another one of the Dame requesting Miami situations, if Embiid really does. And, I mean, right now it's just rumbling. So, I expect nothing will happen this year. Um. But do I'm they sure play? There'd be better offers out there, right? Like OKC could offer a lot more than the Knicks could if OKC is like, wow, that'd be disgusting, right, we've got, dude. We've got that Shea and Embiid. Gotta be so nice. <laughs> I mean, why would like that's that? Exactly would be so nasty. Want. What do they do though if they do if he does go to the Knicks? What do the Knicks do with Mitchell Robinson? He's a incredible. Who cares? I mean. But he's he's a better he's a better rim protector than Joel, isn't he? No way. Even Is Seth, he? who wishes Joel Embiid never graced the face of this earth, has to admit that Joel Embiid's a better rim protector than Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just uh... like they use Mitchell Robinson in a in a way where that's his primary role in defense, and that's right. Not as much how they have used the Sixers would just but... get Mitchell Robinson back. It doesn't make sense to have Mitchell and Joel. Yeah. Right? No, I think they'd keep Mitchell. They like him a lot. I mean, I don't well, think this is anyway. going to happen, anyways. So yeah. we probably might happen. Too much time on it, but we'll, we'll do an emergency pod if it does. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other morass here we have the Knicks, we have the Hawks, we have the Heat. We kind of have all of them between four and eight. Um, and then I have Cleveland at three, and so does Seth. I really like what they did, um, adding Max Struess and Jordan Yang, who is the most winning player in the 2020s or the 2010s. I mean, um, yes, they don't lie, baby. <laughs> in the minivan, they call him. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest thing they were missing was shooting because everyone would help 20 feet off of Isaac Okoro. So I really think that Cleveland's going to be uh, an elite regular season team again. They're young and hungry. Uh, Kyle, you have them a little lower at six. You're a little down on the on the Cavs. You you still kind of like them, but not quite just, as high as me and Seth. I, I mean, I was I was high on them last year, and I'm not not high on them. I just think that 
I, I feel better about, I guess, the the continuity of the teams I have ranked above them. And I, I wonder, you know, are they going to be experimenting more during the regular season this year and trying to do things, uh, especially with like getting Mobley uh, maybe more involved on the offensive side? And can he handle that? And so I just push them a little farther down just due to the thinking that they're going to be doing a little bit more experimenting rather than just trying to grind out as many wins as possible for a high seed. Cause I don't think they want to get bounced again in, in ugly fashion. Like they did at least in my mind, that was an ugly uh, fashion, but I wonder if their coach isn't any good. That too. Sometimes I lie awake and I think about JV Bickerstaff and if he's the right man for the job. <laughs> I mean, uh, for, for the record, you have a man that can't stop bickering with the staff as your head coach. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> it's about the team culture. <laughs> for the record, Sam, you said it right the first uh, time. George Niang is the winningest player of the 2020s. So it's really just the last three years. Oh, well, that's not the LeBron was 2010s. Yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other team I wanted to talk about, the Knicks. Kyle and I are very high on the Knicks. I, I have them at four, Kyle has them at three. Um, Seth, you have them at seven, which is embarrassing for the entire state of New York. Um, Why do you I just love that they added Dante Givincenzo so they could just rebuild the Villanova uh, championship team. Mm. And I mean, they, they were, were killers like, for in college. so Right. And they were well over 500 with, with Josh Hart. They kind of went on a run there towards the end of the season, and they, they looked great with him. Um, and the playoffs, it almost like – Kyle, it almost seems like adding Josh Hart just like I don't even know. It like changed the way their team works somehow. And yeah, like adding a and a deep. I feel like a a bigger defensive minded, and I guess he probably plays small forward, right? But for some reason, I kind of think of Josh Hart more as a guard, even though that's probably wrong. I don't know why, but uh, he kind of plays like a guard on the offensive side sometimes. But yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, that added a spark. I kind of liken. DiVincenzo a little bit to um to Alex Caruso's kind of impact on the Bulls on the defensive end like mm. DiVincenzo's really he can do stuff on the offensive side but he doesn't really have to especially with the rest of the Knicks and I think he's a uh, kind of an underrated player on the defensive side he's that gritty kind of type of player I feel he fits obviously well also with Brunson and in Hart so yeah you have the scoring that Brunson can provide uh, and that um, – holy shit. What's, who's their power forward? Julius Randle. Yeah. <laughs> Julius, it feels yeah. like they're they're like stacking players that fit their ethos until like they just become one. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never seen the Knicks miss a three-pointer that Josh Hart doesn't rebound. I've never seen it. Seth, <laughs> <laughs> explain yourself why you have him at seven. Is it because you know they're going to trade for Joel Embiid and you hate him? Uh, that's a big brain move right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the way you described it as kind of a morass in this middle area is accurate. I think really anyone after the top two, like the order three through eight especially, could go anyway, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um I think I think Randall is a big key for this team, and I'm not sure that 
his up and down nature over the last like three years gives me a lot of confidence that he'll be able to sustain like an all-star level performance this year. Um, I don't know. I don't have strong negative feelings about them. I just, I'm, I don't think the addition of DiVincenzo as cool of a story it is with all the Villanova guys um, means that they will significantly improve from last year. Um, whereas teams like the Pacers, um, I guess that's really the only team that I have above them that I think will improve from last year. Uh, and then Sixers and the Heat, it's just a bet on the organization and some of the top tier talent that they have compared to the Knicks. So, talk to me about the Pacers because you have them at six. Kyle and I both have them at eight. I think we all kind of sneaky like this roster. The addition of Obi Toppin. <clears throat> Obi's look great too in the preseason for them. And Bruce Brown, our mother effing boy, looking good with that mustache as always. Um, so why are you so high on the Pacers, Seth? I mean, we we all have them in the playoffs, but you have them above. I wanted to, put, uh, to be fair, I wanted to put them higher, but for some I reason, know, I just couldn't fit them. Looking at their team name a couple spots above just didn't look right, so I I slid them back down. But I don't <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah. It would be that would be probably the the biggest surprise of at least in the East of what I've ranked. Um, obviously, Halliburton looked incredible as we all expected him to uh, with Team USA in the World Championships this summer. Sam, you mentioned a couple uh, additions, Toppin and uh, Bruce Brown, that I think will be good for them. Uh, they still have Buddy Healed, one of the best shooters in the league. They can stretch the floor with Miles Turner. Um, I think they've a little bit been in no man's land. Some of that has been with injuries and then just integrating Halliburton into their offensive schemes. So you can never predict injuries. We'll see what happens. But I think that lineup featuring Halliburton as the star, you've got Buddy Heald shooting uh, Miles Turner to stretch the floor and rim protect. <clears throat> along with Toppin, is that kind of athletic, rangy big. Like, I like that team a lot. You've got Matherin with a, a microwave-type scoring ability. So, I don't know, barring injuries, I like the Pacers to make a little bit of a leap this year. And I think that would be more uh, exciting yeah. than I think some of the other teams. Where I put them I, looks makes it look like, I think, that I'm lower on them than I am because I'm kind of in the same boat uh, as Seth. Obviously, I love the addition of we all love the addition of Bruce Brown. Uh, I love the way that Obi Toppin that uh, that kind of pick and roll game with him and Tyrese uh, has looked really good during the preseason. He's kind of that high flying uh, type of like kind of Blake Griffin esque player mm -hmm. that I think will fit really well with what Tyrese can do. Uh, and I, I'm expecting a leap as well from Matherin this year. Like Seth mentioned, we know that he can get it done on the offensive end. I think we see a little bit of a leap from him defensively too. Uh, he's a super athletic, per, uh, player. So all in all, I love, I love all the starters and I honestly love all the, the, the players coming off the bench at every position. Like McConnell is just tried and true backup 
Nemhard looked really good last year. Uh, he had quite a few starts. Um, obviously, Buddy Heald could shoot the lights out. Uh, really like Jarris Walker, too. Um, could play, you know, he could fill in for, come in for Toppin and, and be a little bit more of a defensive stopper, I feel like. And then behind Miles Turner, I guess, is where it kind of could get iffy. Jalen Smith wasn't too um, exciting uh, last year, but maybe he takes a leap. Um, other, you know, I'm not, that's the position that I'm really least worried about because we know what Miles Turner is and can do. And if he average, you know, he averages 32 minutes or whatever it is that he plays, who cares about the couple extra backup minutes at center? I think we've named almost every pacer. So I'm just going to finish it off with Aaron Neesmith, Isaiah Wong, <laughs> Jordan Nawara. You missed Daniel Tice, baby. Tice, Tice. Oh, shit, I did. That's our boy, dude. Um, He'll be on the Celtics before long, though. Who the fuck so. is Isaiah Wong? <laughs> He's that guy from um, uh, Miami. One of those those shifty guards from the tournament last year. How did I know that? Was that even true? <laughs> no, he's from Miami. You are right. Round two pick. I'm locked five. in, baby. I'm the new college basketball expert. Yeah, okay. Uh, Let me know when you watch a game. <laughs> at least I can imagine it in my mind. Oh, it feels like... <laughs> It feels like, guys, if we were, you know, if we had the Stogie, Stogie boys, Skulldog boys, and Squammy boys just to pick up at our local rec center, Tyrese is one of those players that could really join any of our teams, along with Clay Thompson. And I don't know if Nick listens to this, but I've been looking at his team in our Dynasty League, and I've been thinking about making a very, very aggressive offer for Tyrese. Nick, if you're listening... <laughs> I think he's in Belgium right now, actually, but he'll still be Cornell. <laughs> just kidding. Obviously not. He just had a child with a with uh, a three week old. <laughs> um, real quick, the Hawks. I'm pretty high on them. I have them at five. Kyle has them at four. Seth, once again, has them at eight. I don't know what he's up to. Why are we in Kyle so in sync this season? That doesn't feel right. Um, every year I look at the Hawks roster, and every year I think, "Wow, I love this roster." You know. And I'm just I'm thinking this might be the year that Quinn Snyder takes them to the next level because he's just a really good coach at raising the floor of a regular season team, I feel. We saw that with the Jazz year over year. Um <clears throat> I kind of like all their young guys, like Jalen Johnson, AJ Griffin. They kind of flashed last year. Patty Mills is on this team. If anyone can get Trey Young to cut off ball, it's sunken eyes, Patty Mills. He'll look deep into his eyes and he'll see to the other end of the world and he'll know they need to cut. Um I think they're good. I just I yeah, I think Patty Mills is is pretty cooked, unfortunately. Yeah, but that um, veteran mentorship. They don't need another yeah. guard to play. I don't think that's really what's been missing that is gonna make the difference for Trey Young. But I is do like hair? your point about Quinn Snyder. <clears throat> I think the team showed some flashes and and more discipline once he took over last year. So I could definitely see them bumping up a few spots from where I have them ranked based on Quinn's coaching, but really my just my skepticism overall is just Trey Young based. I love Dejounte Murray, but I don't believe in Trey Young uh, making the necessary changes to become a winning player. And but I feel like they're they're always like <clears throat> I guess last year they dropped a little bit. There were a couple of years where they were between four and six, and they made the Eastern Conference Finals, albeit because Ben Simmons cannot shoot a basketball if he's going to get fouled. But 
I kind of sneaky liked him that season. He had a real fuck you, and he just like destroyed the the Knicks. They destroyed Philly, you know. Um, I do like. I do I like. I think Dylan we can get that Trae back. Young. Yeah, I think we can get that back. I I think we're gonna see an ascension too. There's been a lot of chatter that I've been seeing on. Um, you know, I'm gonna pronounce the name wrong. Uh, Onyeko Kongwu. I think that was that actually was perfect. Perfect. Actually. Yeah, but you can't pronounce their shooting guard right. Why don't you try to say his name? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's looked great in the preseason. He flashed last year. I think he's going to get a lot of extra opportunities. I think, um, some things I've read is he's going to be able to slot in and play some four next to, uh, Capella this year. He's been working on an outside shot. Um, yeah, he could hit a couple threes. I think that adds a lot too for what their, uh, back or front court kind of currently is. Do you think it's, it's almost can, time for them to move on from Clint and just go to him full time? It might be. They might Clint might be one of those uh deadline yeah. transactions where they can add a you know some couple a little bit of depth. Like Seth said, if Patty is cooked, that you might want to add someone, you know, behind Trey, even though I don't know if it really matters since they're gonna stagger Murray and him anyways for the most part. And then you got Bogdanovich, who can kind of run the show a little bit too, so I don't know how much that really matters. But I, I just they have a really talented team. Uh, how much can Quinn really get out of them is the real question. And I think having you know that partial the portion of last year and then an all off season to kind of implement his his uh, his scheme into things, um, I, I think we could see a leap, which is why. Why I have them up there? He's also he's he has red rim glasses this year, so I feel like that adds three wins. Watch out! Uh, heat, I'm not going to discuss. We know them. We all from somewhere from four to six. You know what they're going to do? They're probably going to make the finals, and we're going to be surprised because they're not. So we're always favorite one of the two best teams. Uh, let's go through some of these these playing teams that we have here. Um, I had the Bulls at nine. Kyle, are you going Bulls or Magic at 10? Uh, that's a great question. I froze on that's a great freeze frame. Um, if I'm frozen on your screen like I am on mine. Um Yeah, he's frozen giving us the Kevin James meme, essentially, <laughs> is what he's doing right now. Um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. I gotta take him. I mean the thing is, being the nine or ten seed is the Bulls' wet dream. That's what we've done all this for. for. We when do you think it. I'm going to unfreeze? This is outrageous. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. Um, you guys both had the nuts in the play-in, and I have to ask you why. Because they were under 500 when Kyrie got traded. I mean, they they had like a 12-game over 500 buffer, and then they just backslid their way into the playoffs and didn't look very good in the playoffs either. So I, I just don't, I don't really see them being above 500 this year. Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Another long pause. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's where did I have them? Nine or 10. <clears throat> so again, it's not like I feel super strongly about them as a, a good team. I think it has to be mentioned what we've seen in preseason from Ben Simmons. 
I'm not saying well, we saw him have eight turnovers and eight points in the, one, <laughs> the last games. Yeah, that was really good to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in Ben Simmons, but I think there's a five percent chance that he helps them win somewhat. Um, Seems high. I mean, you have Simmons. Simmons. Of, huh? Right now, Simmons has gone in their four preseason games seven, nine, nine, and three assists. A team high is in every game that they've played so far. Uh, I think that we're going to see more minutes from Cam Thomas off the bench, who we know is just a outrageous scorer. I think Cam Johnson, you know, uh, has a chance with all the shots that are going to be available while Ben Simmons on the floor to be top 10 in the league, at least in scoring. Uh, I, I just think that, and, and Mikel, obviously, uh, we saw him kind of take a little bit of a leap. I think taking a little bit of the defensive pressure off of him, um, if Ben Simmons is going to be able to play to even just a fraction of the, the defense that we're used to seeing him play when he was healthy and on the Sixers before kind of the entire meltdown, I think they have a, the East is a wide open conference kind of after those top couple so I think I like what they could do if you have a starting backcourt of Ben Simmons and Spencer Dinshitty <laughs> not picking you for the playoffs um no I think it's fine uh I do feel wrong leaving the magic out though I love the magic and I'm probably too high on them but Paulo and Franz who both look great in the World Cup maybe I just like a sick man who just only believes what I see in the World Cup, but man, sky's the limit for those guys. Uh, we can't we can't spend too much time on that. I'm just staring at Kyle and the Kevin James. Dude, I don't understand why I'm so frozen. Uh, <laughs> so one other thing I wanted to discuss is that none of us have the Raptors in there. Hmm. What a downfall for them, huh? The, just, I, I, I think they're I think they're quite the candidate to tear it up during the season. Tear it up like on the dance floor. Well, I'll tell you, Scotty Barnes definitely can't get down. There's no way. <laughs> not <laughs> it's not a chance that man can dance. <laughs> I mean, I think isn't Dennis Schroeder their starting point guard? Yeah, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Dennis had nothing to, mean, to do man. with Dennis had Five nothing C, to baby. do with my analysis, dude. <laughs> I just don't think he should be a starting point guard of any sort of team. You mean you mean the <laughs> how do you look in the World Cup though? I was going to say, I think Canada is closer to Germany, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe you just need to be a little closer to home. I just don't like what I see here. You, it's They traded Fred Van Fleet. They traded your two favorite players for each other, basically. Freddie, Fred Van Fleet for Dennis <laughs> Schroeder. I, I don't like it. All right. You want to move to the West? We might as well, yeah. right? I mean, it's been, whatever, yeah. 40 minutes. Um, who the hell knows what goes on here in the West? I mean, I literally was looking at it, and I think – uh, basically half the teams in the West have an over under of 44 and a half to 46 and a half wins. I mean, Vegas doesn't even know what to do. They're like, you guys decide and we will. And these are all right. So um, in my mind's eye, I had a clear top four and then a drop off and you guys followed suit. Although Seth had one surprise team in there, which we'll talk about. Maybe not that surprising, uh, but I had, Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, and Warriors is my top four. I had Lakers as a one seed, if you would believe. My God. Seth, would, Seth hates hearing that. Um, 
I just feel like the Lakers are deep now and can handle injuries to AD and, and LeBron, and they finally got the scourge of Russell Westbrook off their team, which should end. I mean, that team last year was – I called it the worst team in any sort of organized sport in, in history. And they're looking way better now, I got to say. <laughs> and now you're picking them as the one seed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what so, has changed so much since then? As I as I alluded to, the score of Russell Westbrook is gone. It's all tough, um, huh? Rehash Mora is here. Austin Reeves ascended. He's like Russell Westbrook if he was good. Um, they added Gabe Vincent, who I know Kyle likes. And you know who else they added, Kyle? Your boy, Christian Wood. Winner. Proven winner. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, it's... <laughs> We, this might be the best position he's been in yet. I don't think he's really going to have to play defense on this team, considering everyone else is going to be around him and kind of just sitting next to Anthony Davis. And that's exactly what he needs. If he could just toss up some shots, get his... Until AD gets injured. Right. And then he ascends. (laughs) To his rightful place in the league, which is number one. (laughs) I mean, Sam, I, I think everything you said is valid, and I do like the Lakers as much as I hate to say it this year. But given how much their two stars have struggled with injuries over the last couple of years and just some of the things we've seen from the Lakers in regular season play, I think it's a bit of a stretch to think that they're going to be healthy enough and just consistent enough in the regular season to get the number one seed. I'd be higher on them as a playoff team than a regular season team, but it's certainly that's fair within the realm of possibility. Um, I have the Suns at two. Actually, every single one of us have the Suns at two. Well, um, I feel like they can survive an injury to KD. That's inevitable because he's old. Because they now they have Beal and Booker, right? Um. And I just feel like I'm already talked about this after the trade, but they're like sneaky deep now and just good solid players, Grayson Allen, uh, Eric Gordon, Kata, Big Dick, Yuta, Eubanks off the bench, Nasir Little. I mean, that's why I think they can probably survive an injury to to KD or Booker or whatever. So I like them a lot too. Um I had the Nuggets at three, you guys both had them at one. I just figured, you know. Maybe a little championship hangover. The Oakers doesn't even like playing basketball, so you know maybe they'll just kind of <laughs> maybe they'll still think about his horses. I mean, I mean, Jokic I, doesn't even have to care to play like the best player in the league. So obviously, the third is not that great. I mean, not that bad, you know. So whatever. I don't. Know. I just feel like they're the best team in the league, and Jokic never gets injured. So somebody knocking wood right now. <clears throat> Thank you. Um. Yeah, and then the Warriors, Kyle. I'm a little about worried about the Warriors only because Clay at the three scares me a little bit. If that's what they're going to be closing with, I just think the rebounding is going to be tough. Um, is Kyle still with us? Yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you, but I also think we've seen 
after a lot of talk of Kuminga over the last year, talking about how he wants to trade or to get more minutes, I think he's really proven during the handful of preseason games they've played that he deserves more minutes. He's been playing lights out in the preseason, kind of doing just about everything. Um, I think we see a lot of a lot more minutes out of him. Is that at the expense of Clay? I'm not sure, but um, I really like. Uh, I, I I really think Kaminga, and I know we're going to get there, is uh, a good candidate, great candidate for most improved player this year. Can't believe you already brought up the award I never wanted to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be pretty good. I have them at four, so obviously, I, I mean, we both have them at four. Seth has them at five. Hater, dude. Um, I'm not a Kaminga believer, and I think they'll be good this year, but again, they could have some injuries going on, so. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting integrating Chris Paul. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel, it doesn't, it just feels wrong. Doesn't it? Chris Paul on the Warriors. I feel like I still haven't wrapped my head around it. For sure. Nice. Uh, Seth, you have a surprise team in the top four. Again, maybe not that surprising since they win 50 games every year. You have the Grizzlies in there despite John Morant inevitably waving a gun around again after coming back from his 25 game suspension. I mean, they don't need John Morant. They have Marcus Smart. So, <laughs> is this just a more. Marcus Smart homer homer bet? Yeah, Marcus is my boy. Always will be. And the Grizzlies have shown the ability to play well without Ja. And it's one of those things where, yeah, they have that obvious downfall of twenty five games without Ja, but like they've been consistent the last couple of years. Where, like you said, they win fifty games every time and regardless of if people are talking about them or if they're the sexy pick, they just keep winning games. So I don't see why the same won't happen this year. Yeah. Um, I have them at eight, which feels way too low. It's just like, let me read you the teams after that top four of Lakers, Suns, and Nuggets and Warriors. Let me read you the teams that are all like between – literally legitimately between like 44 and a half and 46 and a half in Vegas. Yeah. Memphis, OKC – Clippers, New Orleans, Sacramento, Mavs, and T Wolves. That's seven. That's seven teams for six play-in spots, even. So right. someone's going home unhappy, and then the other two who lose in the play-in are going to go home unhappy a few days later. It's just an absolute bloodbath, and I hate to say it, but it's, it's like we can try to predict it, but it's basically going to come down to injuries that we can't predict. Even though these are all the right rankings that we have here. Um, we're all pretty high on the Thunder, and I feel like basketball nerds in general are just high on them, so we, we have no choice. Uh, there, I wanted to put them four. Or, I wanted to put them four, similar to the Pacers. Uh, I didn't look right just because it said OKC in the top four spots, but they need to change their team names. That's what Kyle's having a problem with. Yeah, yeah, get out of OKC. Go back. Bring it back. The league wants it. Everybody wants it. You know what you I'm know, talking about. So should we should we warn him that the only other me- member of the media that's as high on the Thunder as Kyle is Bill Simmons himself, who said they're a 51 team and put him as the fourth team in the West? 
That'll change Kyle's mind real quick. <laughs> I guess Simmons really has been listening to me way his... too much over the last two years. <laughs> I just see a stupid Kevin James face looking up at me no matter what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of – so that's a morass there. For my five through seven of non-play, or non-playing teams, I mean five, six, and seven – Sorry, the plan starts at seven. But my five, six, and seven, I went Kings, uh, Thunder, T Wolves, just because I kind of went with players I knew would play, and not the old old vets. But I worry that we're all too low in the Clippers. Kyle and I have them as the ten seed. <laughs> that doesn't even have them making the playoffs. And like, I get it. Fuck the Clippers. I'm with right there with you, holding the sign at the picket. But I mean. I feel like we're all like, oh my God, the Clippers suck. And they were the five seed last year and had 52 games from Kawhi and 56 from Paul George. So like, I know we hated how many games those guys sit out, but it didn't really matter last year. I mean, they were the five seed and they both played 50 games. So what are we doing here? Are we just... Fuck the Clippers. (laughs) Kyle, are we just too fatigued with these two? Just sitting out every night and we just decide to dock them? I just, uh, I think, as you mentioned, the the West as a whole is just a gauntlet in and of itself. And I'm going to err on the side of teams that are going to field their starting roster more often than not Yeah, in this place. And, you know, obviously the the Clippers think they need to upgrade in their backcourt. They're not confident enough with what they have, with the way they've been, you know, rumored to be pursuing a bunch of different point guards over the, maybe they trade for James Harden. And then I think we'd have to reassess, but as it stands now, they're not confident in it. I'm just like, rather... I'd rather see other teams. I always, I I don't tune into any Clippers games. They're not fun. I mean, I don't but, understand for for some reason this team like two years ago was we we considered the deepest team in the league, and then I look at all their players now, and I'm like, all these guys kind of suck. I mean, they're old. They haven't gotten better, and some of those players have kind of aged out. And yeah, I mean, you say, well, they were the five seed last year, but if you look at the teams that were below them in the rankings last year several of them have just gotten significantly better while the Clippers have stayed the same or maybe gotten worse like we think the Warriors and the Lakers will be better in the regular season again without being able to predict injuries with the Timberwolves who were the nine seed last year or sorry the seven seed last year uh, Anthony Edwards is poised to take a leap up another year with Gobert and Towns. Hopefully their chemistry for Timberwolves fans will be better. We just talked about OKC and them getting Chet back from injury is huge. Shea, another year. And then the Pelicans, obviously, is all about injuries. So for me, it was more about those other teams leaping above the Clippers rather than the Clippers like being a lot worse. Again, with the caveat, 
it's all about injury luck when all these teams are projected to be within two wins of the standings. It's really just going to matter, okay, which star is going to miss 20 games? Um, And so not being able to predict that, I think it's totally fair that we all have the Clippers lower because the only reason they were the five seed last year is because they, you know, didn't have major injuries or didn't underperform for, you know, like the Lakers did or the Timberwolves did because of chemistry or that kind of thing. You're you're not going to believe what you're going to hear. The path to the Clippers. Go bear for MVP, baby. Oh. The path for the Clippers as a top eight, possibly top six seed starts and ends with none other than Bobby Covington. <laughs> what do you mean? I would definitely believe disgusting. that. <laughs> you're acting like you're going to say something that wasn't on brand for you. Yeah, there's I believe about, that you would say that. I don't believe there was, that it's true. There was an article that came out that he was dealing with a lot of stuff off court um, last year, over the last year, a little more, I think. And uh, obviously, Marcus Morris, is that who it is on their team? Or is it Markeith now? I don't know. One of the Morris twins. Either way, they both suck. Um, it's the good one. Yeah. Uh, are there any of them good? I don't think so. Um, Covington's got that starting spot, I think, locked down. And if he gets back to what I've always known he could be and what he was at one point in the league or even close to it, then I think we're talking about this Clippers team as possibly one of, I mean, they still got Westbrook in there, but being one of the you know top 10 teams defensively in the league. Call me crazy, but I that's wouldn't crazy. be surprised to see it. And that's their <laughs> path. Starts and ends with Big Dick Bob. I mean... I mean, they have, have no rebuttal. Paul George and Kawhi, who are both elite defenders. So I wouldn't be surprised. And then even better than both of them is Rob <laughs> Covington. Bobby, baby. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Clippers anymore. They suck. Uh, we all the Kings four through six. I'm not gonna go over them. I mean, actually, Kyle's them seven, but you know, they're they're still good. They're gonna try hard. They're young. They're gonna play like the Bean. Like that theme. You know, I was thinking about the Timberwolves the other day. And I was like, is Townsend Gobert just a worse AD and Boogie Cousins from the Pelicans? No. It's like you throw two centers together. You try to make them work, right? One of them's good at defense. One of them can shoot. But they're just both just worse. Is one of them even good at defense anymore? <laughs> well... I mean, you wouldn't say he is. And, I mean, Boogie Cousins couldn't shoot in the way that Cat can shoot. Right. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think all four of those players are drastically different, and I don't think you can really compare any of them to each other. But but just throwing two centers together like that, it just I don't like it. Yeah, I don't think it's an ideal fit, and I think the Wolves should trade Cat. That being said, could it – be any worse than last year? I mean, I'm it's saying no, I have them at seven, so. Yeah. The thing is, why don't they just trade to Gobert and Towns? Because they have their best center on their team doesn't even start. Right, Kyle? Correct. That is 100% correct. And they paid him, too. The man's getting paid. He's <laughs> showing out. He's showing Cat what it actually means to be the best scoring big man in the NBA, but... <laughs> 
He's showing Cat what it means to be the best shooting big man in NBA history and how they had a better season than the Nuggets last year, even though the Nuggets won the championship. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can't say Gobert, though. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, ah, man, I feel like they have the two dumbest players on the, in the league in their team. That's correct. No, Pat Bev's not on their team anymore. <laughs> but God, I love Anthony Edwards. Um, okay. The Mavericks, we all this is one we all agreed on. We all have the Mavs at nine. Wow. And it's like, okay, well, they have Luka Doncic, that should be 50 wins, but it wasn't last year. And Kyrie Irving could just go on a search for the end of the flat earth midseason. We wouldn't see him again. So <laughs> how are we supposed to pick them as a high seed, right? And even if he does play the entire season, he hasn't made a team better since like 2017 so what are we doing here yeah i mean this team isn't good they they've lost every preseason game so far one of those preseason games was against real madrid a soccer club (laughs) um (laughs) and granted luca only played five minutes in that game they still lost you know who they started real madrid i mean who I think their best player is uh, yeah, Compazzo. Their second best player is, is probably Gershon Yabusele. Come on mm. now. You lost to that team. <laughs> oh, I sneaky like him though. <laughs> I was telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Yabusele's on. Yabusele went off for 18 and 9 uh, against them. This dude. team sucks, dude. He went off for 18 and 9. <laughs> I'm looking at this team. They have they have Markeith Morris. The worst Morris twin, and Kyle doesn't even think the other one's good. They have Dante Dante Exum's back in the league. If you were wondering, and people are saying he could shoot in Australia, but I, I don't believe it. Um, they're starting a rookie center, Derek Lively, who wasn't even good at Duke, so I don't know what's going on there. <clears throat> and then they're starting Josh Green, and their backup wings are Olivier, whatever Pos- Prosper, whatever his name is, and they have Jaden Hardy paid- on the bench. I mean, what? What and they this? paid, and they're starting Grant. I'm going to make them both Williams. Um, <laughs> he didn't make them both. <laughs> what do you think uh, that's going to do? I'd like to see a podcast of him and Kyrie Irving every week. Oh, my God. That, that's what dude, I want. I just want content. Luca is going to hate Grant Williams, dude. He already does. <laughs> okay. Is Luca just going to demand a trade this in-season? If I was him, I would, Honestly, I would have already demanded one. How is it that the Suns had zero money after the Bradley Beal trade, and they ended up with a bench full of competent players, and then the Mavs, literally, they don't have a single competent player except Luca and Grant Williams. Like, they literally, the, some of the Suns bench could start, all the Suns bench could probably start <laughs> for the Mavs. <laughs> Honestly, probably the worst player in the Suns bench would be at least player number second five yeah uh, yeah at, yeah at worst if they're sixth yeah yeah i kind of hate this team dude it's just weird picking luca to be such a low seed like if he is who we think he is we who we know he is it's yeah <laughs> uh, i mean i was doing my top 30 i have him as the fourth best player in the league and yet i have him as a nine seed <laughs> that's something that doesn't add up there but the west yeah. is above that um they lost to Gershon Yabusele. 
just funny when you say his name that way for some reason. Uh, Sad, do you have a surprise team at the time? Would you like to wax poetic about the Utah Jazz? I didn't really conceptualize it as a surprise per se. It doesn't um, sound like you want to wax poetic about them at all, actually. <laughs> not particularly. I mean, they started off really strong last year. Then they, you know, came back down to earth slash wanted to tank. Um, I like some of the young players they have. Uh, in a in a deal that went under the radar, they got John Collins finally traded away. Uh, they still have Lowry Markkinen, who is entering his prime. Kelly Olynyk, another player coming after out of the World Cup. I mean, I just think they've got some decent pieces. They showed us what they could do at the beginning of last year if they're motivated to win. So, I don't know. I could see them sneaking into the tendency. They blew it up uh, a bit at the trade deadline last year with their starters, and I think we see them blow it up again with some of the pieces that they currently have. They have too many players and obviously not enough minutes to go around. Like, how is Keontae George, your first-round pick, going to find minutes? Is he going to play over Taylor Horton Tucker? I don't think much during the first half of the season because I think Taylor Horton Tucker, they're just going to showcase him as a trade piece. Sexton, I think, is going to get showcased as a trade piece. Uh Chris Dunn was surprisingly probably one of the best two-way guards when he played last year in the league. And uh, where is he going to find minutes? It's just like there's so many players on this team now that are so young that should have minutes where I don't know if they have a path until they blow it up with a couple of these players and, and trade them for picks. And that's the reason I left them out. Yeah, I could see that happening too. Yeah. Uh, none of us had New Orleans in, so, you know, I don't know if you guys want to apologize now for picking them to make the playoffs every year, even though they always suck and Zion never played. This is going to be the year they make the playoffs. This is going to be the year Zion makes an all-NBA team. Yeah. It's all going to come crashing down this year on us, uh, since we decided to fade. so good, dude. It's just, and then every time, they're just, like, so high, like, Zion dunking, like, Zion's back. Watch, pray for the league. It's like, when you see him play more than 20 games, please. I, the issue is McCollum, year, that would be McCollum, Ingram, and Zion haven't played more than three full games together in <laughs> in their careers in New Orleans. If he plays fifty five games this year, which is what Kawhi played last year, that would be a quarter of his entire career so far. It'd be a miracle. <laughs> Absolutely like Jesus walking on water, honestly. Yeah. Zion walking on the basketball court, same thing. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go over awards. So, MVP, here are the odds on DraftKings. Sponsor us, please. Jokic, plus 450. Doncic, plus 500. Always somehow the favorite, even though he never wins, and they're going to be a nine seed. That's so dumb. Giannis, plus 550. Embiid, plus 650. He'll be on the Knicks, so I don't know about that. Tatum, 8-1. to Durant. Grant 14 to 1, Steph 15 to 1, Kyle's boy, Shea 16 to 1, Booker 18 to 1, Trey Young 18 to 1, above LeBron James at 19 to 1. That's honestly disrespectful for <laughs> the entire league. Kyle, just tell us why you have Shea for this award, please. <laughs> I'm glad you asked because that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I knew it. 
Um, we all, I think, expect a big leap for them. He was already a top five MVP vote getter last year. You add Chet into the mix. Um, I there's just a path for them to obviously just be good. Um, I don't know if Shea really meets the criteria for most improved player because of what he already is. So the next best thing or the next thing after that is the MVP. And, um, you know, I just, I, I can't quit. I, I mean, as, as high as we are in the thunder and as much as we all love Shea, I can't see the thunder being good enough in the regular season. Yeah, Kyle, you had them as a six seed, so... I told you I wanted them to be fourth. (laughs) Even if they're fourth, I don't think it's realistic for him to win MVP. He could get third or fourth in MVP voting, but... Yeah, that would be the one... one... You'll all eat your words, it's okay. I I, I feel like everyone's put penciling Shane as like a top eight player in the league, and I just... I need to see in the playoffs. He's been bad mean, in the I, playoffs. He was bad in the playoffs when they made it with Chris Paul. He was bad in the playing game. Okay, you're making it sound like it. James Harden. The, well, I think, honestly, that. the best bet for MVP this year is Devin Booker at plus 1,800. Yeah, I was looking at that, but... The Suns yeah. have quite the path. Obviously, they have the path to the number one seed. You have them, right, as the number one seed? And I think no. with the... you did. I thought you did. Every single one of us had them at two, and that's the correct pick. They had the oh, Lakers at number one. Oh, the Lakers are number one, my bad. Either way, <laughs> I think there is a path, obviously, though, for them, for the number one seed. And with the increased duties that he's going to have on this team now, um, I think we see kind of a leap in some categories, mainly like assist and, and things of that nature that we really haven't had. He hasn't had the opportunity or the need to really be much of a facilitator, but I think he showed last year in the playoffs, right, when it was just essentially him and Durant, that he has those abilities, and let's see a full season. And at plus 1,800, I think that's a, you know, you just got to slam that. I think the only way that happens... The super team angle, you know? I think it only happens if Durant misses a bunch of games, because otherwise I think it'll be like when Durant was on the Warriors and Steph and Kevin were both so good that they were kind of taking away from each other's MVP chances. So if KD only plays, you know, 40 games and Booker really keeps them like at the top of the West when Durant is out, I could see that happening. But I don't know that I feel like it's a little bit of a narrow circumstance that that would even be a possibility. Yeah, but there is definitely a scenario because KD is so old. So 18 to one, I don't mind the odds. Uh, I'm gonna tell you who's gonna be MVP this season is Jason Tatum at eight to one. Seth's boy, who he birthed with his own loins 23 years ago, or how old he is. Uh, Don't you have the super team angle there too? (laughs) I just feel like it often comes from a one or two seed, you know. And I feel most confident that the Bucks or Celtics are gonna be one or two seed. And Giannis is Dame now, so that might eat into it a bit. So I thought Tatum was a safe bet. I would love that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Really? I just feel like the last, what, six years, (laughs) every year we get to the preseason and there's all these trendy MVP picks 
whether it's Doncic, Tatum, whoever you want to say. And then every year, it just goes to Jokic, Giannis, or Embiid. And it's those three in some order in the top three. And yet we still pick somebody else every year just to be different. So I'd be pretty surprised if it was someone besides those three. Uh, Obviously, voter fatigue plays a big part of it. I think it would be hard for Embiid to win this year because of the playoff struggles, even though that shouldn't be a factor at all, but it is. Um, And so I'm going back to Giannis, where I think the Bucs will be the number one seed. I think, yes, people will point to Dame, but Dame, you know, complements Giannis's strengths so much more rather than Booker and KD having overlapping skills. I think it'll just accentuate everything that Giannis does. And we might come away from the regular season just feeling like he's back to being the best player in the world. So, yeah, I, the only thing with the, those three, and you're right. I mean, they're the three best players in the league. Well, yeah, I'm. I should say widely considered Giannis and Jokic are the top two. So Jokic and Giannis both have two now, and beat as one. I wonder if these MVP voters just don't want to give a third to any of them to either Jokic or Giannis. But <clears throat> certainly, I like that because, like you said, they have a good chance to be one or two seed. Can I give you a sneaky sleeper sleeper pick. I like. I will. It doesn't matter if you want it or not. Anthony Davis at 35 to 1. I mean, I have him as a one seed, right? So obviously, if that happens, it could be good for these odds. And LeBron's going to miss 15 to 20 games because he's old. He's washed. So I feel like if Anthony Davis leads them to a top seed in the West, he has a good chance at this. And you might say, Sam, Anthony Davis falls over every two minutes. Aren't you worried about that? No, I'm not, Kyle. I'm not worried at all. He's not going to fall at all this season, and he's going to be held the whole time. I don't – I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, he says. How about that response? What could that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) He mailed in that response. I can't even. I can't believe I've been. I've been frozen for forty minutes at this point. It makes no sense. (laughs) All right, can we go to the next one? Yeah, rookie of the year. This is an interesting one. There's two Uh, players. I think it's a three man race, actually. In my according to the odds, sure, but okay. Well, you can tell us who you're taking out of this three man race if you'd like. But Victor Wembanyama is plus one twenty. Scoot is plus 240, and Chad is plus 280. Kyle, who are you picking? Chad. I'm all in on the Thunder as at the six, as the sixth seed. <laughs> Chad is Walmart Wemby, baby. So if he's Walmart Wemby, then I assume you have regular Wemby as rookie of the year? No, I have Chad. Interesting. So is, why is that? I like Walmart. You've been to Walmart recently? It's not bad in there. Well, I'll take Target Wemby then. <laughs> Himself. Kyle, so you ever is everyone just excusing Scoot from this discussion? Yeah. He could. I yeah, I mean, it. he could. He's gonna have all the minutes and all the opportunities, but 
I think the system and the supporting cast for both Wemby and Chet are obviously better than what Portland's going to probably be putting on the floor. They might be, they're going to be, there's talks on all the other podcasts, right? How they're going to be competitive teams are going to come in and kind of just excuse it as a win and they're going to steal some games. That's fine. But I think both of the other two players impact each team on the, on both ends of the floor exponentially more than Scoot does. So. Yeah. I feel like he's going to lead all these players in points scored just purely. Um, But I think the rest of his overall game, the voters are going to knock him for. Um, Sixth man of the year. I'm not even going to read you the odds, although I will actually, is because Malcolm Brogdon's the favorite once again, and Emmanuel quickly tied for the favorite. You know what? Give me Bobby Big Dick. Somehow I feel like he hasn't won this. Covington award. or otherwise? <laughs> Definitely not Covington. Actually, He'll be Covington starting. Was, he won't yeah, be. Yeah, he's listed as the star in their depth chart, actually. Uh, 15 to 1, Bobby Portis. I don't He hasn't won one, but I feel like he's one of the best players off the bench every year. And I feel like they need him more this year because otherwise coming off the bench they have like campaign and Malik Beasley. Well Malik's gonna be starting. Is he or is Pack gonna start? No, I think it's been Malik recently. I think it's gonna be Malik. Malik's not very good though. That's my that's my only issue. They said well, like uh, their coach their coach said that Malik was gonna have the lead um or the star defensive assignment every night. And I don't think he's been watching NBA basketball as much as the rest of us over the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, and obviously he's not watching in practice because M- Malik couldn't defend a third grader. I don't think so. I'm not sure what they're going to do over there. Uh, do you guys see Terry Stotch has really quit too? <laughs> yeah. What was up with that? I thought it was so perfect that he was their assistant since they got Dame, And then he's just like, I'm out. I think I was reading reports it didn't quite work because, like, Terry was just, like, just, like, a veteran coach who tried to take too much, like, power. Mm-hmm. and it's taking over. Griffin felt, yeah, like, he was just kind of taking over. So, uh, so there goes Terry and Dame back at it, back at it again. Um, Okay, so what are you guys picking for six man? So are you picking your boy Brogdon? Since when is Brogdon my boy? Oh, yeah, he's not even on your team anymore. But I thought maybe you still liked him. You still love Marcus Smart. Yeah, well, that's different. Marcus Smart and I have been one for years. <laughs> we feed each other seedless grapes. Uh, it's not Brogdon, but I bet you can guess who I'm going to pick. Derek White? Derek White was starting. Your so, boy. No, I can't guess then. Peyton... Richard, baby. Do you even listed on here? I don't even see him. A dark horse candidate. I think he's he's fifty five to one. That's He'll a deep, lighting it long up. shot. He'll be lighting it up. That's what we need from him is to come in, score. His defensive liability doesn't matter as much in the regular season. Everyone else on the court is going to be a plus defender whenever he's in there. And he'll just be bombing threes from deep and running the second unit. It's going to be delightful. And then everyone's going to be eating their words about the Celtics step. I think they're pretty, they're fine. Uh, that's fine. Kyle, who do you have? Is it Shea Gilders Alexander again? 
Uh, yeah, he'll be coming off the bench when Casey Wallace <laughs> takes over the starting role. That's my um, boy, dude. I'm. I kind of want to say is Caleb Martin just because he's three thousand to one or plus three thousand. What is that? Thirty to one. Um, yeah. I like the Heat. Caleb showed out in the playoffs. <laughs> Roll it over, <laughs> give him, a, give him a consistent. Uh, Consistent role as the first man off the bench. Why not, right? I like that. I like that quite a bit. Um, defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Mobley at plus 650. I mean, he can't do anything on offense. So he might as well just land on defense. Am I right? Oh, harsh. Seth, who are you going with? <laughs> he's, that's a good pick. He's looking far from the picking on the fly. Thought of it once. <laughs> I should I list the Mobley's, favorites. Yeah, list the favorites, won't you? Jaron Jackson plus five hundred, Mobley plus six fifty, Giannis plus seven fifty, Bam nine to one, AD ten to one, and B thirteen to one. You know, does it always have to be like a big center? Like, I, I just is it becoming like quarterback for the MVP where it has to be a center? Pretty much. I mean, it's Marcus Smart, Gary Payton, or a center, other than you know Kawhi, but. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, this is the chalk pick, but just give me Triple J again. I think you often see that with back-to-back DPOI winners. And what is going to change between last year and this year? Well, what changes? He couldn't even play the World Cup because he fouls anyone that comes within five feet of him. Yeah, and he can't rebound, but otherwise he's good. I feel like two of the stalwarts of defense are grabbing the board and not following not <laughs> player guarding. That's worth uh, it, though. Yeah. Kyle, who are you going with? Um, I think I am – I'm just going to stay on the heat train here. Just give me um, Bam. Bamase. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that, too. Uh, coach of the year, I don't give a fuck about this. Should we even skip it? I I put Darwin Hamhawk of the Lakers. Because I had him as the, <laughs> I had him as the one. He's 22 to 1. So whatever. Seth, you're going to go with Joey Maz, who's the worst coach in the league, would probably win this because they're going to get the one seed? I mean, he could win it because they get the one seed. Honestly, just give me Eric Spolstra. Plus 800. There you go. He's never won it. We all know he's the best coach in the league. Even though it's a regular season award, I think people might finally just say, you know what, he's the best one. We see it in the playoffs every year. Let's just give it to him this year. Yeah. The heater, you know, I have him as a four seed. I can see that. The thing is, I feel like coach of the year is usually like what team exceeded expectations. And it's irregardless of the coach is usually just because they added players uh, right. to the team. So as much as we want to see Eric finally win one, I don't know if he's ever actually going to win one. Um, and I guess with that, I have You're gonna the You're going to take Bucks. Mark Dagnall. You got him, right? Uh, no, I was going to say Adrian Griffin. I don't even think like really? he's really that going to be that good of a coach, but if the Bucks are going to be the one seed and if they're going to be – playing outrageous basketball because they just paired 
Dame with Giannis, he's going to look like the best coach. What if, what if, in the league? yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely fair. It's so funny because, like, it's, yeah, there's the players that really matter. What about, you know, Nick Nurse takes Tyrese Maxey, Terrence Mann, and Mitchell Robinson to a two seed? That would do it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Will that happen? No. All right. It's time to go over the most despicable, deplorable, disgusting award ever handed out in any major sport or any sport ever, anywhere. Most improved player. Kids at home, don't bet this. It's a made-up award. Nobody knows Looks what like it all means. Awards. Although I got to say, Larry Markkinen was a winner that made a lot of sense last year. I'm not going to lie. That was the first year I remember thinking, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to go with the favorite. Well, I'll tell you, would you like to hear the odds? Uh, Mikel Bridges, 8-1. to one. Whom I will be picking Tyrese Maxey 10 to 1, Jordan Poole 11 to 1, Cade Cunningham 13 to 1, Reeves 14 to 1, Simons 15 to 1. And then there's a bunch of other ones that any of them could win, obviously. Uh, I like Bridges for this. Uh, he gets a full season with the Nets last year in his time with the Nets, he averaged 26, 5, 3, and 1 steal on 48, 38 shootings. And if you Look at Laurie's stats from last year. They're they're shockingly similar. 26. He got more rebounds. Because he's a big boy, but 6'2 and 150 and 39 shooting. So, you know, if he kind of just replicates that and the Nets hang in the playoff race, you know, the Jazz finished at whatever 11 or 12 last year and Laurie still won. So I don't think it'll be a problem if the Nets miss the playoffs like I predict. Uh, so I'm going to go with, with Bridges for this award. I think he's just good. Certainly much better than Jalen Brown. Am I right? He can dribble with his left hand. You are right. Um, yeah, I think that's a good pick. I mean, it makes sense that he's the favorite so often. It's just about opportunity or just situation. Um, on, a, on a similar vein, I'm going to go Cade Cunningham. Uh, obviously, the big thing with him is health. They were very careful with his health last year. I think he probably could have come back at, towards the end of the season if there was any reason for him to. Um he might suffer from that, like, oh, what is this, his third year now? He's supposed to improve, whatever, but that's dumb, and yeah. I think he's going to really pop well, we this know year. that doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, so. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Uh, Kyle, what are you thinking? Um, there's actually been some discourse around this topic on uh, on Twitter recently, at least on my Twitter. Because you know I'm in the depths there. Uh, come basketball season, um, typical requirements of a most improved player, uh, award winner, all star team for the first time, and almost always not a first or second year player. Uh, and with just the nature of Portland just letting players do whatever they want to do. Essentially. Uh, I like Anthony Simons to continue to just ball out on the offensive end and has an opportunity to be one of the last players to make a, uh, make the all-star team in the West. And with that, I think he shows out during the year. So give me Anthony at uh, what is he at 15 to one. 
Miss Ward is so dumb. If Anthony made the All Star team, but yeah, I'd probably be surprised too. But I think there's not there's there's a chance. I mean, he averaged what he went twenty one three and four last year. So I mean, he could he could get up to like twenty five points a game. There's just so many guards in the West, but there are a lot of guards. That's true. I wanted to say Paul Reed, but he's not making an All Star team, so dumb, like, and he's also he... not listed. Basketball, Paul. What about about? Yeah, I don't understand how they. I don't understand how they like choose who to pick to even list on DraftKings. Like Jordan Goodwin is like one of the almost <laughs> favorites. I don't even know who that is. He's at sixty to one. I've never heard of that man in my life. He played for Washington, and now I mean, he's one he of the got... depth players for Phoenix. And he got he's gonna come Anassis off the bench. At a hundred to one, still listed on the website. What's he gonna do? Like actually play, and then they're like, "Oh, he most improved." I put one dollar on that. I get a hundred one, though. I gotta, I gotta slam that. All right, yeah, that's a dumb award. Uh, all right, it's time for the moment our listeners have been waiting for since the first time they opened Spotify and saw the sport ball logo. Our finals picks for the 2023-2024 season. All right, let me guess. Oh, Kyle, are we guessing each other's? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle is going to go Thunder Heat. No, that would be too crazy. <laughs> Kyle's Kyle, going Nuggets. Nuggets. Heat. Or... Nuggets Heat, maybe. That's the same as last year, though. He could, though. Or Kyle, you go Nuggets Heat? Nuggets Bucks. Yeah. I'm going Nuggets Heat. <laughs> one for suspected. one, baby. <laughs> Sam, I think you're going um I think you're going Lakers Bucks. I think so too. Guess again, baby. I'm, I'm Nuggets Bucks. No. You don't even know me. Wow. Is it Bucks though? No. He's going in reverse uh, jinxing me. Uh, yeah, I, for real. Uh, he's going Phoenix, Boston. Phoenix, Boston. I'm going Lakers, Boston, baby. The oldest rivalry wow. in the sport. Get your popcorn out. It's Jerry incredible. West. It's Bill Russell. It's all of them. Now it's Tatum, LeBron. Uh, yeah. I also have Tatum MVP and I have Celtics Finals. So. Uh, and I'm winning the finals over the Lakers, so don't, you, you can just kiss of death, Seth. I'm sorry. I'm furious with you right now. You're dead to me. How could you do You're this? Probably to gonna me? make the play in barely at this point. <laughs> uh, okay, Kyle, we gotta guess what Seth is gonna go. He's gonna go Celtics, obviously. Um, I mean, I feel like goes, it's gonna be Nuggets, no? Yeah, Celtics Nuggets got to be for Seth. Yeah, that's correct. Nice. Same I'm the unpredictable one. You guys can't even think i mean i think that that would be great if we get any if we get nuggets versus bucks or selves that would be pretty fun i think i mean there's i guess bucks nuggets would be ideal right gonna be fun i mean thunder heat thunder heat would be a little tough (laughs) uh i mean yeah Giannis versus Jokic, like who's the best player in the world they duke it out for the nba finals that would be sweet I mean, any any of the matchups would be awesome. Like, Suns would be fun. Warriors would be fun. 
So, wow, the Saints yeah. just tied up the game. Let's fix the Suns, huh? Let's go. No, let's fix the Suns. All right. It's been like an hour and a half podcast on this thing. It sounds like Kyle wants to leave because he's been frozen for 40. Minutes. I've been sitting like that hour for 40 10. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been yeah, practicing that, my ventriloquism. You can't even tell. Just about does it. <laughs> that was the NBA preview pod Palooza. Some are calling it the pod of the century. We've definitely had better pods than this. <laughs> <laughs>